Thanks for checking out the Reveal Vineyard podcast. We are a Jesus-centered community in El Mirage, Arizona. We hope through these conversations your spirit will be stirred. For more information, you can visit our website at www.revealvineyard.com. So we're on the final week of a series that we've called I Choose. And we've said that when life hands you choices, choose wisely because decisions matter. The phrase that has pushed us, this will be the last time you hear this, is that we make decisions and our decisions make us, that we tend to become the decisions that we make, right? It's proven true in all of our lives that, uh, that we have, uh, the more that we choose something, the more that we become that which we choose, that which each decision we make, we pick up momentum toward that which we have made a choice on. And so our decisions, we make them, but they really make us. And so that means who I am today is a result of the decisions I made yesterday, last month, last year, and who I become tomorrow, next month, next year, 10 years from now, is based upon the decisions, the choices that I make today. Choices matter. When life hands you choices, choose wisely. If you don't like where you find yourself today, C.S. Lewis says it this way, that you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and you can change the ending. How do we change the ending? It doesn't happen by accident. It's one small choice, one good decision, one wise choice at a time that gather together and bring us to where we want to be. If you don't like where you find yourself today, the good news is is that your story isn't over. My story isn't over. That the final chapter has not yet been written and we can rewrite those chapters, right? With God's help, with God's wisdom, with God's direction to have that last chapter be something that we want. Well, let's learn from the wisdom of Scripture this morning, and our topic today is I Choose a Good Name. We'll pass the offering buckets in just a second when we pray, so just hold on there, guys. Listen to uh, wisdom today from Scripture that says, choose, remember when life hands you choices, choose wisely, choose a good reputation over great riches, because being held in high esteem is better than silver or gold. Choose a good reputation over good riches. Being held in high esteem is better than silver or gold. There's a modern day gold rush going on right now in Alaska. Uh, there's some reality shows on them that I love them with the Hoffmans and Parker Schnabel and all those guys. If you watch them, you know what I'm talking about. And there are people that they will mortgage their homes, they will quit their jobs, and they will risk their lives in hopes of striking it rich. And so Solomon takes that which the world will risk everything for, right? gold and silver, and he places it on a scale with a good name or a good reputation. And Solomon says, listen, based upon God's economy, the, t- the, the scale tips in favor of a good name, a legacy, and a good reputation. He says, choose a good reputation even over great riches. When life hands you choices, choose wisely. Solomon says, choose a good name, choose a good reputation, better to have integrity, he says, Better to have good character, better to be esteemed than to even have great riches. So we're going to talk about, I choose a good name, or I choose a good reputation. So what is a reputation? We'll put it on the screen there. It is the social evaluation or public opinion toward a person, toward a group of people, or toward an organization. doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter where you're from. Uh, you have, all of us, have a reputation. Every person, every organization, every business has a reputation. Even our church has a reputation. And we've worked really hard 
to build a good name or a good reputation in our community. I've lost count of how many homes that we have painted in our community when we've gone in and provided the material and the labor, right? You've never seen mass chaos until 30 people show up to paint a house in two hours. We've done it time and time and time again. Park beautification of planting trees in parks and planting trees in schools and spreading 50 tons of rock, purchasing 50 tons of rock and yard care for the elderly and working at Dysart Community Center and Thanksgiving food boxes and assistant with APS bills and all of that going into sowing into our community. When we went before the Elmiraz City Council to get our conditional use permit here, word on the street was that the vote was going to be split. And then the mayor then began to speak. And she said, look, one thing that I know is that your church has sown into our community and I have no reason to believe that you plan on stopping that. And so she said, so my opinion is this is a good win for the city. Because of what she said, it was a unanimous vote in our favor. Look, that is because of what we have sown into and the good name of what we have sown into and who we want to be in this community. So a couple years ago, we went to some of the Title I schools and we asked if they would partner uh, with us and with our not-for-profit arm, which is called Revive. You'll see the logo there. Uh, Revive is Reveal Run on the same track. It's just some organizations don't want to deal with the church, and so Revive is our not-for-profit arm, uh, but it's a way that we sow in uh, to the community. And we went to schools and said, look, we're not looking for money. We're not looking for volunteers. All we're looking for is a space that we can set up a resource room and bring in supplies of food and clothing and uh, hygiene items and school supplies. And, uh, and so we're in seven, soon to be eight Title I schools in this community. We have some pictures there I want to show you. Uh, this is a school that we just went back through uh, in, um, last week, and I think this is El Mirage. Uh, you can see the standard stuff there of clothing that goes in, school supplies, uh, hygiene packets, and things like that, that we provide to the school and say, you use it at your discretion, whatever you think needs to happen, and we'll just keep coming by, and we'll stock it for you. Look at the next image there. Uh, another one of uh, our rooms. Uh, I think one is Luke there. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, just the, the supplies that, that we, you provide going into these schools and serving them. And then this year we decided that we were going to do snack packs because we realized that for many children in our poorer schools that their main source of food is coming through school breakfast and lunch programs, which meant that when they went home on weekends, they weren't getting a lot of food. And so we went to schools and we said, how about if we provide you snack packs? And so uh, these snack packs we've been creating with uh, mac and cheese packets and instant oatmeal and uh, some juice boxes and uh, applesauce and stuff like that. We've only been doing that for about eight weeks and we've already given away almost 250 packs. Now, uh, the schools have reported back to us that are, you know, they can't keep them on their shelves. For example, the, one of the latest schools we did was actually in Peoria and there's a section of housing next to that school that's called Dogtown by the people who live in it. So you can get an idea of what this is like. It's called Dogtown and they've said to us, that if these kids don't get help eating, we know for a fact they're just simply not eating over the weekend. And so this is an opportunity that we saw, and so we stepped into that as a church, as a community, to try to, to meet a need. And, and this is, you know, in addition to what we've done internationally and with Angel Tree India and uh, 
you know, 150 children that we provide Chris, uh, Christmas for. And that room that you're seeing there, that's our school room, right? We pay rent for that. We pay rent for that, uh, supplied it. Um, you know, there's 20 kids now that are taking uh, uh, kindergarten and preschool classes there. Next year, we'll add first grade. Uh, we have another location that teaches women English and children English and, and computer skills. And this is us sowing into kingdom things and building a reputation, building a, a good name. And ultimately, the name on the back of our jersey is not revealed. The name on the back of our jersey is Jesus. Right? We want a good name because we want to reflect the glory of God. That's what Matthew 5 talks about, that let your good works shine before men in such a way, why? That they would see your good works and they would glorify the Father in heaven. And so we've stepped into this as a church because we're looking to glorify and make a good name ultimately for Jesus Christ in our community. And so on October 27th, we'll serve our community. We'll invite the community in and we'll provide everything for free, right? Uh, we've never wanted to be a church that's in the community but not part of the community. And so we, together, we worked really hard to be a church that was part of this community. Listen, uh, this is who we are. And it's because of you. You painted homes. You've shoveled rocks. You provided snack pack stuff, right? You painted over graffiti. This, this is what we do together. And so last year, we made a decision that we needed a permanent place because we believe that God has greater things in store for us and things to do uh, in the community, which is a good thing. We have a beautiful space. The tension is, is that resources have been spread out now. And so if you want to be a part of something that is bigger than yourself, I'd encourage you uh, to, you know, sow in time, energy, money into what we're trying to do here in our community. I'm not sure how you can grow by 150 people and giving goes down, but giving's gone down. And uh, so, you know, we have a lot of commitments out there, and this is just who we want to be, to build in to our community. I heard a pastor once ask, a good, church, uh, a good test for your church is to ask yourself, would your community suffer if your church shut its doors? Our community would suffer if this church closes its doors, right? It's not just about us. We have a long history of sowing into something bigger than us. Christine Sanchez, who oversees our schools, works tirelessly to meet the needs of the students as they come up, but she represents all of us collectively. So I encourage you to, to participate with us in what we're doing in reaching our community. Okay, that little commercial break. Brought to you by pastors who are losing sleep, and now we'll continue. Reputation, the social evaluation or public opinion toward a person a group of people or an organization. A reputation is what we're known for, right? The church is known for something. I'm known for something. You're known for something. So let's ask the question. What is your name known for? When someone says your name, what is it known for? What does that look like? Now, I'll confess to you, there have been seasons in my life where my name wasn't known for much of anything good. There were seasons in my life that I had a reputation, but... It wasn't a good reputation. Like here, it's a picture when I was part of the Hell's Angels. I was a pretty rough guy. And uh, yeah. And then here's the 80s hair band I was in back in the 80s. I was part of a hair band. We were called Spit. And uh, not proud of those moments, but I'm, I was a pretty rough guy. I was the guy your mom warned you about. 
Oh my gosh, take that one off. I don't know what that one is. All right, so let's talk about a reputation. And let's just pray to kind of wash that last image out of our head. And let's see what God has for us today. Uh, Lord, we want to uh, face into your word today and allow it to speak to us and allow it to wash over us and allow your truth uh, to override maybe our own perceptions or what we think is truth or maybe we're heading down a way that is not your best path for us and we want to yield ourselves to you and turn the direction that you point us to. Through all of this, would you speak over us your grace and your mercy? Would you encourage us that your grace is always available. Mercy is available. I pray especially for some who are having a difficult time sensing that. Maybe there are some who feel very removed from you. Would you assure them of your vast affections and all the good that you would want to impart to them? And so we invite you, Holy Spirit, We invite you even as we continue on in our worship through our giving that we would continue to represent you well in all that we do. Holy Spirit, come in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen to the word of Solomon again. Choose a good reputation over great riches. Being held in high esteem is better than silver and gold. When life hands you choices, choose better. Listen to what else Solomon says in Ecclesiastes 7. He says, a good name is better than than find perfume, and the day of death better than the day of birth. Now at this time in history, perfume and oils were used as currency. And some perfume, some oils were worth more than others. And so uh, here's how Solomon might say this passage today. He might say, a good reputation is better than having a fat bank account. And then he continues to say, and the day of death better than the day of birth. When we're born... We're born with a clean slate, right? There has been uh, nothing attached to our name, really. And what Solomon says is that after a life of experience and after a life journey, towards the end of your life, if lived correctly, right, and if there's a legacy left behind, that your day of death is actually a greater moment of celebration than even your day of birth because of what your name carries with it and the legacy that's left behind. Now, Before we continue, let me just uh, hit two particular areas. When we're talking about a good name or we're talking about a reputation, we're talking about that which is birthed out of character. We're not talking about creating a good reputation through smoke and mirrors, right? That's what PR firms do. PR firms, they manufacture a reputation and it may not actually be true. We're wanting a good name to come about naturally that doesn't have to be artificially created or artificially maintained, that it just flows out of the character of of who we are. Second thing I want to clarify is is that uh, when we talk about uh, a good reputation, maybe some of you are feeling this now, where we think that in order for me to have a good reputation, I have to be perfect. We're not talking about perfection. Listen to this key thought. A good name doesn't mean you're perfect. It means that you're being perfected by the one who is. One of the hills that we die on is to expect spiritual growth. And what we mean by that is that if we present ourselves before God, and if we present ourselves and surround ourselves with the people of God, and immerse ourselves in the truth of God, that's something begins to happen. And we can expect a spiritual transformation that occurs within us 
when we present ourselves before God. That's not me promising that. That's God's word that promises that, that something should be taking place within us. And so there should be a spiritual growth that's taking place. We're not perfect, but we're being perfected by the one who is perfect. The Bible talks about three forms of salvation. The first form is that I was saved. And for me, I was saved. Initial salvation was uh, at 14 years old. Well, I bowed, you can see it vividly in my head. I bowed at the side of my bed and asked Christ to come in and be my savior. So I was saved, but then I'm also being saved. And the Bible calls this sanctification, being set apart, or it's a transformation. And then the third salvation is one day I will be saved, meaning we pass from this life into the next, and that's known as glorification. So there's these three levels or forms of salvation, and we live in this second one right here, that I am being saved, right? Hopefully you've made the first decision to follow Christ, and now we're all in that process of being changed and being transformed, being sanctified, and this is the tension that we live in today. A good name does not mean you're perfect, but it does mean that you're being perfected, transformed by the one who is. So with the time we have left, I want us to look at how we can sow into a good name and what that looks like. i got five or six uh, ideas for you, and then I will leave you. Sowing into a good name. The first one, if you want to sow into a good name, live so you have nothing to hide. Live so you have nothing to hide. One of my earliest memory verses, Proverbs 10, 9. He who walks in integrity walks securely, but the one who perverts his ways will be found out. If you want to walk securely, then live in such a way that you have nothing to hide. It's carefree living where we don't have to worry about, did somebody see? Did I delete the history? What if my boss finds out? What if I'm audited? Did I lock my phone? Right? Carefree living is living in such a way that you have nothing to hide. Now, the reality of it is, I would think that there are some who are here, and you're living with something that's being hidden right now. You've heard me tell you before that if there's something going on in your life that only you know about, something going on in my life that only I know about, I am not in a safe place. If there's something in your life that only you know about, you are not in a safe place. So the reality is, is maybe, maybe there is something, and you've been successful so far in deleting history and covering tracks. But you know this already, as I know this. Eventually, we know Everything comes out into the light. Now, we can only keep those things hidden so long until eventually we lose containment and it spills out. And when that happens, your reputation, your good name will take a hit. And it may not take a hit for a lifetime, but it will have to be rebuilt over time. And so the prudent thing to be, to, to do, would be, all right, I need to examine my life, ask God to examine my, my, my life, and to look at the things that might be hidden and to start to gather people around us that those things can start to come out into the light. Look, I heard a pastor say, better that God convicts me now than I stand before him and he reveals it to me then. Hey, better that I feel a little bit of pain this side of death, right? Right now, maybe some of you are feeling a little squirmish with a little bit of pain, right? Better to have it revealed now than to have it revealed later. So, Live in such a way that you have nothing to hide. So into a good name, value integrity. Matt John Maxwell says, to decide to integrate my values into my daily actions. That's what uh, integrity is. 
So my actions reflect what I claim to value. If I value honesty, ask yourself, are you living honestly? If you value loyalty, are you being loyal? If I value family, do my actions reflect it? Because at some point in life, the question will be asked of all of us, what is your integrity worth? Matter of fact, we're going to be asked that many times in life. What is your integrity worth? And so if I lie on a job application to get a better job, then my integrity is worth whatever that job pays. And if I steal something, regardless of how I want to justify it, then my integrity is worth whatever the value of that which I took. And if I'm looking at an image that I shouldn't look at, then my, val- my integrity is worth whatever that image is. And so what does that look like? Do your actions, do they match up to what you say that you value? Value integrity. If you want to sow into a good name, value integrity, live so you have nothing to hide. And then look at this one. Tame the tongue. Listen, if we want to ruin a good name, just begin to say whatever comes to mind. Do you know people like that? There's absolutely no filter. You're like, oh man, here it comes. Here it comes. And and right, their 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 good name suffer, suffers for it. And so in a digital age, This also means to tame your fingers, right? Here's the problem with social media right now is it's created a barrier between us where I feel like I have the right, the ability, and the authority to be nasty to you and say all kinds of evil and all kinds of disrespect because we're separated through a computer screen or a satellite or some cables and all the while it's adding a story to my reputation, to my name. And so let's bring a couple Bible verses into the modern age. Here's how Paul would say it today in Ephesians. Do not let any unwholesome talk, he would say, or type, come out of your mouths or fingers, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs so it may benefit those who listen, or he would say, or those who read it. Matter of fact, he goes on in Colossians and he says it like this. He says, let your conversation, or he would say, or let your texting always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Look, we have to face into the reality of this social media thing that we are adding weight or removing weight from our good name based upon how we respond and the things that we say on social media. Tame the tongue, tame the fingers. Next one, sewing into a good name. Don't overcommit and underdeliver. It's difficult to have a good name if you commit and underdeliver. Jesus made it quite simple when he said in Matthew 5, 37, he said, look, just let your yes be yes and let your no be no. And everything in between that, beyond that, is from the evil one. Jesus says, look, if you say you're going to do it, then do it. And if you can't do it, feel free to tell someone no, I can't do it. But if you give your word, he says, make sure you follow through. I like how David says it in Psalm 15. He says, Lord, who may dwell in your secret tent and who may live in your holy mountain? He says, the one who walk is is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from the heart. And I love this next part. He says, who keeps an oath even when it hurts. Have you ever given your word to do something and something better came along? Like you tell your buddy, I'm going to help you move and someone calls up a day later, I got cardinal tickets. And you're like, oh. And, 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 and David says, look, if I give my oath, I will keep my word even when it hurts me. 
hey, sometimes I've succeeded at that and I've done, kept my word even when it hurt and there were sometimes I kind of weaseled out of it because something else was better, not proud of those moments. But right, keeping your word even when it's painful and will not change. If you want to sow into a good name, don't overcommit and under, and, and under uh, deliver. Here's the next one. Sow into a good name. Don't cheat your family. We only have so much time and so much energy. Don't cheat your family. Andy Stanley is a pastor of a large church in Georgia, and he was speaking at a pastor's conference. All pastors there, and he said something that was shocking, and you could hear the gasp in the room when he said it. He said, look, pastors, if you're going to cheat someone, he said, cheat the church. And there was silence. I was like, cheat the church? What is he talking about? He said, you only have so much time and so much energy and if, if, if you're in ministry, you know that it's fairly common for pastors' families to wash out because the pastor puts so much time and energy into the church, they forget about their family. And so Stanley said, look, if you're going to cheat someone, then you cheat the church. Don't cheat your family. Like, look, the top box in our lives is always Christ, right? Next after that is family. But for me, that top box, Christ, it's not Christ slash church, it's Jesus, right? I was following Christ long before there was a title before my name. And so this idea of cheat the church means that there are times when I will cheat you because I can't cheat my family. And we've had people leave the church because of things like that. But I will tell you this, that at, the, at my deathbed, if I fail as a father, and if I fail as a husband but succeed as a pastor then I failed in my life. I sincerely mean that, right? And so for you, don't cheat your family. Maybe you need to cheat your hobby. Maybe you need to cheat your fantasy football or, or cheat you know, a ladies' night out or a guy's night out or you need to cheat your job because you're spending more time than you necessarily have to. What is it that you have to cheat so you're not cheating your family? You want to sow into a good name. Don't cheat your family. Maybe we need to revert back to that message a couple weeks ago on one handful living where Solomon says, better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Better is a schedule that can be maintained in one hand than a schedule that needs to be held in two hands, but I'm going crazy trying to keep it. Right? If you're going to cheat something, don't cheat your family. Here's another one. You want to sow into a good name. Invest in something bigger than yourself. This is why I've always loved the church. When I was 14 and came to the church uh, and was discipled, uh, someone told me, this is a way that you can serve and be a part of something that's bigger than you. If you want to sow into something that has eternal weight, the church is a great option and told me to give myself to something so my life is just not about myself. And so that meant at 16, I was volunteering on a worship team. And at 19 and 20, I was volunteering with youth. And at 21 and 22, I took over the youth because someone quit. And so I was teaching high school and middle school. We met in a, um, in a delicatessen because the church at the time rented the deli on Sunday only. It was called Lunchtime Express. I met with about 12 kids over the smell of hot pastrami in the air. It was fantastic. I loved it. And that was a way that I, I served and poured into something other than just myself. And then at 22, 23, 24, serving as a small group leader and serving on, on prayer teams. And because someone told me that, listen, the church is not just about you. 
right? Inspire someone to greatness. Inspire something to be more than what they can, they can be now. Now, I know there's a lot of other great organizations out there that some of you put your time into, and I applaud you for that. But I also want to remind you that you're sitting in, you are the church that we can sow into and live for something beyond ourselves. Listen to how the author of Hebrews says it. He says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and towards good deeds. Not giving up on meeting together, because apparently back then people were always be like, I ain't going to church today, right? He's like, look, don't give up on meeting together, although they were being persecuted. He says, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. See, I'm here today because of people who inspired me and spurred me on to love and to good deeds. A guy, Keith Farney, when I was 14 years old, and he met with me at a McDonald's, and he sewed into my life and told me what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. And small group, uh, and as I was 18 and 19 and 20, and older men that spoke into my life, and, and uh, friends that inspired me, and pastors that spoke into my life. And I am largely part of who I am today because of many of you. Because you inspire me. You spur me on to love and good deeds. You know, many of you who have marriages long past my own, you stir me to have a marriage that makes it and lasts and go the distance. And, and those of you that struggle with, uh, with health issues and yet continue to come back and serve week after week after week and uh, selflessly giving of yourself. And those who value a friendship and those who value family, you encourage me. And some of our retired pastors who go to this church who diligently will serve someone at the drop of a hat on any notice, willing to go in and to serve people, you inspire me. Look, I'm here today because people, you inspire me. And so, how does that look in our daily lives to inspire others? See to it, right? that you can spur one another, stir someone on to love and to good deeds. And the best way for that to happen is to realize that we are part of something much bigger than just ourselves. If you want to sow into a good name, there are some things that you can start to do. If you don't like the weight that your name carries today, there are things that we can begin to do to change that, right? You can't change the beginning. We can start where we are and we can change the end. We can begin to live like we have nothing to hide. Right? We can begin to value integrity. And we, we can begin to not cheat our family. We can begin to invest in something that is far bigger than ourselves. We can begin to uh, uh, tame the tongue. We can begin to not overcommit and underdeliver. And over time, what Solomon says will become true. Listen to the passage again as we close. Solomon says, Choose a good reputation over great riches. Being held in high esteem is better than silver and gold. Ecclesiastes, he says, a good name is better than fine perfume and the day of death better than the day of birth. So our I Choose series, I Choose a Good Name, what is your name worth today? What is your reputation birthed out of your character? What does that look like for you today? And if your name isn't carrying the weight that it should, today we begin to rewrite that story. And these are the steps that we begin to take. Solomon in his wisdom says, if you're given the choice between great riches and a good name, choose a good name because one will outlive you and the other one 
will be gone as soon as you are gone. Stand with me, will you, church? I hope there was some value in the uh, I Choose series. I hope there are some uh, things that you were challenged on, some things that you were encouraged on. Right? I choose wisdom. I choose one over many. I choose a day with God, all things that we can begin to work on in our lives. I choose patience. I choose a good name. Let's uh, pray as we wrap this series up. Lord, many of these things, uh, oftentimes we just allow life to kind of uh, carry us away, and the waves and the current of life seem to just set us adrift, and oftentimes we find ourselves in places that we never intended to be. Uh, but this I Choose series is about ending up somewhere on purpose, and it's about allowing you to lead us to a destination that you want us to be at. And so for our topic today, that we would choose to position ourselves before you, that you would birth in us a good name. That out of our character, which is constantly being transformed, constantly being uh, changed and sanctified, that we would sow into a name, a reputation that would outlive us. Ultimately, that when people look at us, they would see you that we would not live in such a way that we would uh, take away from the good name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. And so speak to us today. And if it needs to be a difficult word, then we ask that you would speak that difficult word and that you would reveal it to us now on this side of heaven rather than later. For some of us, maybe that means some type of repentance. Maybe it means making a decision to stop living with something to hide. Perhaps it means gathering some people around you that can help get you out of that dark place. Maybe it means taming the tongue. Maybe it means sowing into something that's bigger than you. Can I invite you that if Reveal is your church, that you would be a spiritual contributor here. For we are stronger together. And this week, God, would you put people in our lives that we can spur on to love and good deeds and that we can encourage and speak life into them for the power of life and death is in the tongue. And let us choose to speak life. And so as always, we pray that you would continue to transform us, continue to sanctify us through that process as we humbly submit ourselves before you. Today we choose to submit ourselves and to bring you into the center of our existence. Not simply add you to an already chaotic life, but we place you on the throne that you would determine our future. And we pray this in the name of Jesus, our great Savior. Amen. All right, Reveal, wrapped up a series. We're going to start another series, new series next week. I look forward to uh, seeing you back for that. It's called 6-8. We're taking it out of Micah 6-8. If you're a guest, I'd love to meet you. If you'd like prayer, I'll have a couple people up here who pray for you.
God bless you. Don't forget about Wednesday. We'll have our uh, regroups here at the church discussing deeper into this message. God bless.